0: Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the reading of the July edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. Taking a look at an article written by Christina Lockish. BACA Emergency Services Outlines Community Projects. The people of the BACA Ground Emergency Services are your friends and neighbors. Our kids go to school with your kids. We stand in line with you at the post office, the Cloud and murk. We live here and we love this unique community as much as you do. As community members who have undertaken the responsibility to protect our home and the people who live here and respond when emergencies occur, We are constantly working to improve our training, effectiveness, and our ability to serve when disaster strikes. These are the projects we are currently working on to serve you better. We have created a survey for our community members who may have special needs. You can find this survey at the Baca POA and at our booths at upcoming public events. It will be more widely available in the future. The purpose of this survey is to establish a list of residents who will need extra assistance in an emergency so we can more effectively assist those residents and work to acquire enough of the necessary equipment to serve these community members. This list will be kept securely, only accessible to the administrative staff of the Baca Grand Emergency Services, and only to be used to assist the residents on this list in an emergency. It will not be shared outside of our agency. All the personnel within the BACA Grand Emergency Services are bound by Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996, HIPAA, to protect your privacy. We have received funding through the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, to continue mitigation in the Baca Common areas and to offer mitigation services for private residences. We have submitted an environmental study to FEMA for this project and mitigation work will continue upon approval of this study. We are working with experts in various fields of ecology and ecosystems to better care for our natural environment. In May, a fisheries expert came to our to tour our creeks in the Baca and offer valuable input into how we can create better habitats and access to fish traveling up and down the creeks. We are continuing to seek input and advice from experts in different fields that relate to mitigation work to ensure that we do the very best we can to both protect our community and our beautiful natural environment. And most importantly, We are working to communicate with you. You will see us at public events and we are happy to provide information about how you can better prepare for emergencies and how we can better assist you. Information about safe burning and burn site permits, wood harvesting permits, and how you can get firewood from our mitigation projects. Are you interested in helping? Don't feel like you're quite up to fighting a fire? We would love your help! We are developing our volunteer program for a wide variety of activities. We are also working to re-establish a Community Emergency Response Team (CERT). These volunteers would assist the fire department with non-technical parts of emergency response such as distributing supplies, directing traffic, checking in evacuees, etc. Free CERT training is provided to volunteers. Please contact the Baca Grand Emergency Services if you have any interest. And now turning our int- attention to the insect world, we have this article from Zayla Pearson Good. The Ecological Role of the Mosquito. They do more than just suck. Fear strikes as an incessant nasally buzz grows closer and closer. Before you can even anticipate the entry point, a small straw punctures your skin and begins filling the belly of a mosquito, soon to be crimson balloon. The bug simultaneously injects its saliva into your body, producing an itchy, hot welt that can take up to a week to heal. Fever, muscle weakness, hives, and other alarming symptoms can result from bites in those with severe allergies. Mosquitoes' annoying presence, paired with the fact that they are vectors for deadly diseases, leads many of us to wonder if these pests serve any useful purpose at all. Just like all life on Earth, mosquitoes do indeed have a purpose, as much as we might want to deny it. Having evolved alongside plants over millions of years, mosquitoes serve their ecosystems as pollinators. Feeding primarily on flower nectar... But mosquitoes jump from plant to plant, carrying and dispersing pollen like a bee. According to a study published in 2019 in the journal Entomology, Entomologia Experimentalis *Aplicata*. E Applicata, mosquitoes can function as generalist pollinators, somewhat specialized pollinators, and co-pollinators. They serve a variety of flowering species, including the mosquito flower, Spanish catchfly, the common tansy, yarrow, Canada goldenrod, a vast array of orchid species, and many others. For some orchid varieties, mosquitoes are primary pollinators. While they do not provide complete nourishment for any one species, the trillions of mosquitoes that exist on our planet are an important part of the food chain. Before mosquitoes even mature, fish, frogs, turtles, and dragonflies consume their larvae. Dragonflies are one of mosquitoes' top predators. Feeding on both larvae and the winged adults, dragonflies are believed to consume hundreds of mosquitoes each day, according to the National Audubon Society. Birds and bats are also grateful for the added nutrition that mosquitoes provide. Some of the top consumers of these pests include the nighthawk, purple martin, Eastern bluebird, yellow warblers, hummingbirds, house wrens, and downy woodpeckers, reports the National Wildlife Federation. Despite their seemingly desperate thirst for blood, Plant sugars are the main source for food for mosquitoes. In fact, only a small percentage of mosquitoes consume blood at all. Of the approximately 3,500 species of mosquitoes that exist worldwide, it is believed that only 6% of species bite humans, reports the Forest Preserve District of Will County. Of that percentage, it is only the females that are laying producing their eggs that seek out the protein found in blood. Males do not bite at all. We seem to have a particularly ferocious stock of female mosquitoes here in Crestone, making that six percent figure seem even more shocking. Even the most outdoorsy of us think twice before venturing outside as we hear the whiny buzz of mosquitoes knocking at our windows. The knock is harder for some than others. These pests seem to prefer certain blood types over others. According to Unity Point Health, Blood-sucking mosquitoes are most attracted to type O blood, with type A as their second choice. They also seem to be more drawn to those who are pregnant, sweating, exercising, wearing dark-colored clothing, or have a higher body temperature or high cholesterol. There is no denying that mosquitoes are one of the greatest downfalls to summers in Crestone. As a community concerned with keeping our ecosystem in balance, however, we should aim to see their value and work with nature to manage their numbers. Supporting your local bird, bat, and aquatic life populations is an important strategy. Other suggestions include preventing larvae growth by emptying standing water daily, survey your yard for mosquito breeding grounds such as bird baths, gutters, and buckets, and make sure you drain them regularly. Additionally, try to avoid using harsh insecticides that also kill critical pollinators such as bees and butterflies. We need all the pollinators we can get, including mosquitoes. Now turning from insect life to plant life, the fungi connection, mushrooms key to human and planetary health. This is written by Emile Warner. In early June Self-described citizen mycologist Tyler Barreth arrived at my home with four big plastic bags filled with what looked like moldy sawdust. As an amateur mycologist myself, it was a bucket list day as Tyler helped to inoculate my very own mushroom garden in a narrow, shady, unused portion of my property. We made a fungi lasagna in the space, layering cardboard, cultivated pearl oyster mycelium, leaves, and wood mulch. Now, I just water occasionally and wait. This mushroom garden is tribute to the many incredible health and ecological benefits that fungi have to offer. Tyler and his wife, Danielle, are the owners of Alpine Valley Mushrooms, a Sawatch based farm producing organic culinary mushrooms. Early on, Tyler had dreams of being a professional snowboarder, but multiple head injuries and hospitalizations resulted in struggles with depression and anxiety. Unable to find relief in traditional medicine, Tyler began researching other options, including alternative medicines and nutrition. His studies at MSU Denver's Integrative Health Care Program introduced him to the science of mycology and the research being done on treating illnesses with medicinal mushrooms. Tyler became obsessed with the concept of food as medicine, and his life passion turned to mycology, the study of fungal biology. For thousands of years, humans have been foraging mushrooms for food, medicine, psychedelic use, and even utilitarian purposes such as starting and transporting fire. Many cultures associate eating mushrooms with living a long and healthy life, and today science is backing that claim. Mushrooms are remarkably nutritious, containing essential amino acids as well as vitamins, minerals, protein, fiber, and antioxidants. Studies have shown that regular consumption of culinary mushrooms may have major health benefits, such as boosting immunity and improving brain health. Sometimes, overlapping with culinary mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms, are offering very promising medical advances, according to renowned mycologist Paul Stamets, Humans share nearly 50% of their DNA with fungi, and we contract many of the same viruses as fungi. If we can identify the natural immunities that fungi have developed, we can extract them to help humans. As scientists study the mechanisms that fungi utilize to defend themselves, they are uncovering components that support the human body's immune system. Notable benefits are being discovered in brain health, type 2 diabetes, depression and anxiety, autoimmune diseases, cancers, especially breast cancer, cardiovascular health, and many more. Fungi also play an important role in environmental health. Mycelium networks, made up of tiny webbing from a fungal organism, supports the connection and movement of carbon, water, and nitrogen between individual plants. Peter Wallenberg, author of The Hidden Life of Trees, describe the the wood wide web, which allows trees to communicate with each other by sending electrical signals through the mycelium, allowing the trees to learn, remember, warn of threats, and share resources. These mycelium fibers are so tiny that one cubic inch of soil can contain enough to stretch for eight miles. They can also be massive, it is believed that the largest organism on Earth, and one of the oldest, is a type of fungus sprawling over 2,500 acres, about 4 square miles, in Oregon's Blue Mountains. Fungi are also helping with the problems humans have created on the planet. Microremediation is the technique of using mycelium to repair damaged soils and habitats, such as in areas of wildfire. Because the enzymes produced by a mushroom are efficient in breaking down a lot of different pollutants, they are being utilized to decontaminate soils and waters of pesticides, heavy metals, and petroleum. In fact, Tyler with Alpine Valley Mushrooms is working with Swatch County Commissioners to explore the possibility of lining the next landfill cell with a strain of mushroom known to break down plastics and other waste materials, with the goal of significantly less material accumulating over time. This is just one of many concepts that could put mushrooms to use to improve the economy and environment of the San Luis Valley. Since the earliest days of life, Dating back some 1,300 million years ago, according to research by Penn State, fungi have been making life on Earth possible. They provide humanity with essential nutrients, medicines, and strategies for adapting to climate change. So, the next time you take a walk outside, think about the trillions and trillions of fungi doing their fungi thing under your feet, and send a little thank you their way. As Tyler Barrett is fond of saying, where there is mycelium, there is hope. And Warner provides this corresponding article, Weird Mushroom Facts You Probably Didn't Know and Should. Lightning improves the fruiting of mushrooms. The Declaration of Independence was reportedly signed using ink made from the inky cap mushroom. There are mushrooms that glow in the dark. The cordyceps mushroom sometimes called the zombie mushroom, infects a living ant and, after largely consuming it from within, sends chemical signals to the ant's brain, driving it upward where it locks its mandibles onto a leaf and dies. Then, the mushroom grows out of the ant's head and showers its spores on the forest floor below. Mushrooms can be used to create bright and colorful dyes in nearly every color imaginable. Biotech companies are using mycelium to create vegan leather as well as durable, 100% compostable packaging materials. You can purchase a mushroom burial suit for around $1,500 that will encase you in cotton seeded with mushroom spores to make your final resting place more eco-friendly. The last item, a radiation-eating fungus was observed inside Chernobyl and could provide protection in other radioactive environments such as space. And now turning to the summer fun and Crestone section of the Crestone Eagle, Crestone Historical Museum and Welcome Center. This is written by Jim McAlpin. Since the Crestone Historical Museum and Welcome Center has been serving up local history to visitors and locals alike in its 13th year, over the winter we have Acquired the various historic publications, most mailed to Crestone subscribers in decades past. 1930s Reader's Digest 1930s through 50s Life Magazines 1938, 42, 46, 50, and 52 1940s Yank Magazine, British Edition 1944 and 45, published for our Overseas Soldiers 1960s, Stars and Stripes, 1963, JFK Memorial. 1960s through 1980s, Underground Comics. Boomers will remember these. 1970s to present, National Geographic's 82 new issues. 2000s, Sacred Earth Journals, 2008, 2011, and 2020. And in the 2020s, Emmy Savage book, Walking the Stations in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. Then, as now, local residents wanted to know what was going on in the world outside the valley. These add to our local history archives, the Baca Grand Newsletters beginning in 1971, and the Crestone Eagle back to 1990. We have the Crestone Trivia Game, The End of the Road, created by the Link class of 2005, maybe the last surviving copy. Summer 2023 is predicted to be a big season for visitors, so if you want to be a museum volunteer, email Jim McAlpin at McAlpin, that's M C C A L P I N, at G E O H A Z, that's G E O H A Z, dot com, or you can text him, 719 588 4279. The museum is open from. Until mid-October, Tuesdays through Sundays, hours to be determined, they have free admission. And their exhibits include gold mining, Baca Ranch, schooling, and home life from the 1870s to the 1970s. They also have outdoor displays of mining and ranching equipment, rock and mineral specimens, and they offer weekend demos. Saturday all day, gold panning in the creek. Sunday mornings, wood-fired baking. You have to eat the goodies. And in food news, Valley Roots Food Hub. The Colorado local food system is thriving with strong regenerative agriculture and a league of stellar interdependent stakeholders. Together with other food hubs around the state, the Valley Roots Food Hub represents over 100 producers across produce, meat, dairy, and value-added products. Our home here in the breadbasket of the San Luis Valley hosts the lion's share of our valued producers, and adding in the fruit production from the Western Slope, the beans and cornmeal from the Four Corners area, and the chilies and melons from the lower Arkansas River Valley, we have a complementary cornucopia of quality foods for your year-round sustenance. We, we highlight producers who are actively growing their soil and who are producing foods from living soils. We like to say your food choices are your three votes a day for the world you want to live in. And yet, local foods can do even more than preserve the soil and nourish your body and mind with freshness, nutritious, nutrition, and story. They are the cornerstone of healthy local economies where money stays and grows within the communities in which it is spent. Known as the multiplier effect, for every dollar spent locally, it grows to be two to three times the original dollar. Investing in your community has never been so important or accessible. You can access these foods through our online community-supported agriculture market, that would be the CSA market, or by visiting your quality hometown business of the Crestone Mercantile, Elephant Cloud Market, and Ophia. You can find us Online at rep at valleyrootsfoodhub.com, and the phone number is 719 206 2839, and their email address is sales at valleyrootsfoodhub.com. And coming up at the library on this Saturday, July 29th, the community flea market. At the Mears Park in Swatch from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Tables are $10. Call the Swatch Public Library at 719-655-2551 to reserve yours. This event is in conjunction with the Swatch Hollyhock Festival and Arts Walk. Also through the library, free food Friday all day every Friday at both libraries. Thanks to a partnership with the Swatch County Food Access Coalition, there will be fresh produce, meat, etc. at the Baca Grande Library from 10 to 11.30 a.m. and at the Swatch Public Library from 1.30 to 3 p.m. on the Fridays. And in Regional Happenings, written by Leighton, Saturday, July 29th from 4 to 9 p.m. Orisons by Marguerite Humeau opening celebration at... Frontier Drive-In Center, Frontier Drive-In In Center. The artwork is an earthwork installation paying homage to the San Luis Valley. It is located on a 160-acre property in Hooper, approximately 20 minutes from the opening celebration venue. The event is free to the public and includes free shuttles available for transporting guests to and from the artwork throughout the opening. Food and drinks will be available and the artist will be in Attendance. Donations are appreciated. RSVPs are highly encouraged as capacity is limited. You can email hello at blackcube.art or visit the uh, website orisons.art That's O-R-I-S-O-N-S dot art. And we have an upcoming event, Art in the Garden Tour, by this was written by Shawna Lax. It's garden time. I know that I am already dreaming about how my garden will unfold in beauty this year. Consider if you would like to participate in this year's Art in the Garden tour as a gardener, an artist, or a tourist. We're announcing the date and time early so we can all plan ahead. The tour is set for Sunday, August 6th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. If you'd like to participate, send an email to me, Shauna, at moresca.copper.com at gmail.com that's m-o-r-e-s-c-a dot c-o-p-p-e-r at gmail.com to let me know what category you fall into. I'm happy to answer questions as well. I'll be coordinating the tour this year. If you have a garden to be part of the tour, include a paragraph on what makes your particular garden unique. Let me know which artists will be exhibiting in your garden or Request a list of interested artists. If you are an artist interested in showing in a garden on the tour, send me your contact information along with a place where your work can be seen online or include an image or two in a desktop size format in your email. If you'd like to attend the tour as a guest, send me your email, so stating to receive the tour details in advance with instructions for finding the different gardens, along with descriptions of what each garden has to offer. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303 786 7777